From WOSU Public Media in Columbus, Ohio, this is Classical 101's Opera Abbreviated. I'm your host, Christopher Purdy. In January of 1900, the two most famous women in the world were probably Queen Victoria and Sarah Bernhardt. Queen Victoria was an opera lover. Sarah Bernhardt was known to use her speaking voice on the stage like the great diva she was. The Queen died in 1901. Sarah slogged on. Sarah Bernhardt had long since attracted the attention of Giacomo Puccini as his inspiration for the opera Tosca. Inspiration indeed. As far as Tosca was concerned, Sarah got there first. She was the star of Victorien Sardou's 1887 melodrama La Tosca. Sardou was a French playwright who wrote over-the-top, table-pounding potboilers for Sarah, and Tosca was no exception. This is the story of a Roman prima donna, an opera star, whose lover, a painter named Mario Cavaradossi, finds himself on the wrong side of a vicious and powerful Roman police chief. The glamorous Tosca, who is fiery, jealous, and sexy, finds herself the bargaining chip between love and politics. Politics loses. When the Baron Scarpia makes a pass, Tosca buries a steak knife into his guts. No Me Too for Tosca. Puccini knew a great subject for an opera when he saw one. Puccini saw Bernhardt play Tosca and the story cried out for music. After all, the title character is a diva, an operatic soprano in Rome in 1800. Rome, a vast and powerful city, the most famous city in the world, filled with the splendor of churches and palaces, the settings for both the play and the opera. Floria Tosca gets up late one morning. She has had a performance the night before, maybe an opera by Mozart or Cimarosa or Pasiello, and as befits a great diva, sleeps late. She rushes off to the church of Sant'Andrea della Valle, where her lover, Mario Cavaradossi, is painting a fresco of Mary Magdalene. He's an artist at work, but he misses Tosca as much as she misses him. His portrait of La Maddalena is blonde and blue-eyed, but his beloved Tosca has black hair and dark eyes, and he loves the real woman more than the painting. Mario is a Voltairian, an atheist, a reader of Thomas Paine and the Rights of Man. 
He is very much against the prevailing Roman government, a police state enforced by Baron Scarpia with the sanction of the church. Tosca doesn't care. She's a diva, and she's in love. She surprises Mario in the church, but she's been kept waiting. She's been kept waiting because Mario is assisting Angelotti, one of his allies who has just escaped from the Castel Sant'Angelo and is hiding in the church. Angelotti has women's clothes, a disguise left for him by his sister, who is the unwitting model of Mario's portrait of the Magdalene. Tosca's no fool. She heard the rustling of a woman's dress and damned if she doesn't recognize the Marchesa in the portrait. Mario must be cheating. has to shut this down and get rid of Tosca Pronto. A glorious love duet and a bit of nookie do the trick. Next, he has to get Angelotti off to safety. They take off to Mario's villa outside Rome. Meanwhile, the forces friendly to the Roman government have won a gigantic battle. The church prepares for a te deum to celebrate. Everyone winces in horror at the arrival of Scarpia and his henchmen. They're looking for the escaped Angelotti. Scarpia notices the fresco of Mary Magdalene. He recognizes Mario's work, and he recognizes the Marchesa Atavanti. He also recognizes Tosca, who has returned to the church. The great political news is good for people and a drag for Tosca, because she's been commanded to sing that night for the Queen of Naples. So her late-night date with Mario is off. 
But Scarpia knows she's a glamorous and jealous woman. He does just enough to rouse Tosca's suspicions and then escorts her from the church. The chorus prays. Scarpia sings out, Tosca, you make me forget God. opera is filled with good lines. They began life with Sardou, but Puccini worked hard to condense the play and bullied his two librettists, Giuseppe Giacosa and Luigi Ilica, to give Tosca Italian words that sing. They did. Later that night, in the Palazzo Farnese, Scarpia dines and Tosca sings her concert for the Queen of Naples downstairs. tortured. Tosca, horrified, can do nothing but agree to give Scarpia what he wants in exchange for her lover's life. So here's where we are. Furious and aggrieved diva, sadistic predatory man in power, and tortured boyfriend who is a political liberal devoted to freedom. Remember, this is Rome in 1800. Could it be any other time? 
Harvey Weinstein is no match for an Italian baritone and certainly no match for Floria Tosca. Scarpia makes a deal. I'll save your lover. You can grab him and leave town, but you have one thing I want. If you were a glamorous opera star in this situation, what would you do? Tosca sings an aria. I have lived for art. I have lived for love. Never have I harmed a living creature. It seems that in rehearsal, it was discovered that Puccini had neglected to give the title character a big number. There really isn't room for one. She's trying to bargain off a rape and an execution. Never mind. Tosca was a diva in 1800. A century later, Puccini had to deal with the soprano Heraclea Darkley. She was a big name, and she was not going to star in anyone's new opera without a big aria, thank you very much. Tosca will give Scarpia an hour in return for Mario's life. But Scarpia tosses in a wrinkle. Mario will have to undergo a fake execution. He's in prison anyway, expecting to die at dawn. He'll be shot. The guns will be blank. Scarpia tells his minions, do this just as we did with Count Palmieri. Blanks. Phony. As Scarpia writes out a passport for Tosca and Mario, she gathers herself. And gathers herself. And sees the knife on Scarpia's dinner table. In that moment, she stops being a victim and stabs him to death. Not only stabs him, but cries out, Did you torture me enough? Killed by a woman, I am Tosca Oscarpia. I am Tosca indeed. Do not mess with a diva, be it Rome in 1800 or any other time. No one is giving Floria Tosca a Me Too hashtag. She kills the villain. She runs to the prison, the aforementioned Castel Sant'Angelo, early in the morning of what promises to be a glorious Roman summer day. Mario Cavaradossi has been told he has an hour to live, just enough time to sing a farewell to life and to Tosca.
But Tosca rushes in with the news. She has killed Scarpia and bargained for a phony firing squad and a fast escape. The lovers will live happily ever after once this execution nonsense is done, right? Are you kidding? This is opera. Of course the guns were loaded, and of course Mario is dead. No time to do more than scream and run for her own life. Scarpia's body has been discovered. The police arrive to arrest Tosca. Mario's dead, and she's cornered. Or is she? Tosca runs to the very top of the parapet of the Castel, 300 feet about Rome, and cries out, O Scarpia, avanti a Dio! Scarpia, we will meet before God! And she takes a flying leap to her own death. Like any great diva, Tosca knows how to make an exit. Tosca, an opera in three acts. Music by Giacomo Puccini, libretto in Italian by Giuseppe Giacoso and Luigi Illica, based on the play La Tosca by Victorien Sardou. Written in 1887 for Sarah Bernhardt, the opera was first performed in January of 1900. Tosca, a tough fiery woman who literally takes no prisoners, singing passionately all the while. (laughs) ¶¶ 
And that's the final curtain on this edition of Opera Abbreviated from Classical 101, WOSU Public Media. I'm Christopher Purdy. For more information and for more podcasts, please go to wosu.org slash classical 101.